0: what up though it's your boy kg kevin gill and you got it locked in while being driven through the spanish announce table the spanish announce table
1: it is the spanish announce table episode 406 to be exact thanks for the shout out uh kg the og kg kevin gill gcw commentator great guy friend of the show tom you're also a great guy how are you
0: Oh, thanks. I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. I'm okay. It's happened. Yeah. Today was a day better than <laughs> yesterday.
1: You know. It was it was hard to be great today, but I managed. It was, you know, yeah. I found a you way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Found a way.
0: Things things <laughs> were required of me and I accomplished those requirements and so it was fine. How about you, Tim? How are you? <laughs> Same here. You know, I maybe I didn't even
1: accomplish the the requirements. I gave it a shot though. You know what I mean? I, I really tried. So hopefully that counts for something.
0: We did a team building <laughs> exercise at work, uh, oh, not team building, but like a, yeah. a fun little thing. We decorated Halloween cookies. Fucking Christ, Tim. I have oh, no artistic gosh. abilities.
1: Oh um, yeah. No, I can't draw nothing.
0: You know what I did? Nothing. First thing I did, I, I, they gave me the, I asked for this cookie, you know, and I was like, what the fuck do I do here? And so I just wrote NWO on it and I was like, there it is. There's my first one.
1: Oh, that's great. I'm going to do that next time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's the and I'm NWO. Carving a
1: pumpkin. Just gonna yeah. make NWO.
0: <laughs> hey, there it great. is. Everyone knows yeah. that. Oh man. Hey, Tim, last night was a fantastic episode of AEW Dynamite, so let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about it. You wanna get right into it? Let's talk about
1: it. I love AEW Dynamite. This one I figure to me, this one felt like a B plus, if I'm being
0: honest. Um I thought there was some This one. Yeah, yeah. this felt like, before we kind of dig into it, my overall thought was this was a good one to get to the next big one. If you think about last week, we got that all-time promo from MJF, but kind of like a Tootsie Roll a day, right? You have one Tootsie Roll a day, it's fucking great. There might be a couple days where you get like two or three, and you're like, wow. But if you start to get two or three every day, (laughs) then you're building to a bag, and then a bag of Tootsie Rolls a day fucking sucks. So sometimes you got to dip a little bit. And so this one was good but I think it's going to get us to the next yeah. thing.
1: Well, and reminder to everybody watching live right now on YouTube, youtube.com slash Spanish tube if you're listening back later on the podcast, uh, join in the chat with us live. Uh, tell yeah. us what you thought as we're going along. There is a bit of a delay, so you know, I, I don't want I gonna apologize for that. I didn't fucking make it. So uh <laughs> this is what it is, right? Blame YouTube. Fuck them. But uh, follow along, chat with us, and even if you're listening back later on the podcast, you can use hashtag tweet the table, chime in with your thoughts, opinions, predictions, and we'll read some of them on the show like we're gonna do later. So Tom, let's get into the AEW dynamite.
0: And speaking of Tootsie Rolls, real quick, if you'd like to get us Tootsie Rolls, you can donate a dollar to our PayPal. We'll always accept donations. We can also accept donations to be uh, for you to be our beer sponsor of the week. We will drink yes. your choice of beer, give you compliments, talk you up. Yep. Uh, so if you want to get all that information, go to SpanishDownStable.net. But Tim, as you mentioned, let's talk about AEW Dynamite. So they kicked off with the Ring of Honor portion of the show. It was Ring of Honor heavyweight champion Chris Jericho and the Pure champion Daniel Garcia taking on former Ring of Honor champion Claudio Castanoli and former Pure champion Willer Uda. And this was good. I thought, honestly, of this tag match, this was probably the best showing since he's debuted for the company from Claudio.
1: 100 percent that's exactly my biggest takeaway of this was wow claudio really got a lot of good shine here uh we even kind of ran back the spot of him running around the ring popping anything that moves mm-hmm. uh, which was great um he's even kind of adding and i don't know if somebody's training him up on this but i don't know if you've noticed this like before the spin he kind of gets that like he's almost hulking up if you will and kind of gets the crowd into it a little more mm-hmm. like i i agree i think i've seen More out of Claudio than I expected From Claudio Uh, we'll see And there's even more later which I'm sure we'll get to uh, As we go chronologically If I said that correctly throughout the show
0: Yeah and you know obviously I think the big spot here was Daniel Garcia on his back And then he does the big swing Of Chris Jericho so that was where we get The oh look at this For people who don't know AEW Or don't know Claudio that's the thing that They'll probably remember as far as in ring action So we accomplished our goal. Now, this is the thing I thought was interesting. Claudio and Yuta get the victory, but the fallout from this felt like this match was the fork in the road for the JAS and Blackpool Combat Club. Now I know later in the show, we get Garcia versus Sammy Guevara, or excuse me, uh, uh, Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara. But I felt like post-match, if you listen to both factions, they didn't talk about each other. So after the match, Brian Danielson is being interviewed in what I thought was a really cool spot. It wasn't the traditional check out the AEW background. It was almost like their guerrilla position, which they have named it after someone. And I apologize, I don't remember uh, what that's called. Well, it was named after more recent... um, person who worked backstage who had passed away, unfortunately. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. There, there was like a, um, yeah, somebody, like a production assistant or something along yeah. those lines passed. Yeah, there. and right, again, right, right, I
0: apologize. Right. I, I just, I didn't write that in my notes. But I like the, the the, position that they did the interview because it felt more raw and real. So Brian Danielson's being interviewed by Renee Paquette, who put on her walking shoes. She was everywhere during this episode. First time we see her is uh, during this interview. And she asked Danielson, yeah, uh, hey, hey, what'd you think? You know, your team won. And he's like, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated I lost to Jericho. I'm frustrated that Yuta talked back to me. And as soon as he really kind of un unfolds his anger to Renee, Yuta walks up because they just won the match and they just left the ring. He's like, I'm glad you're angry. Now we get it. Like, you jackass. And then Danielson's like, are you talking back to me? And Yuta's like, I kind of am you bitch. And Claudio has to be the one that says, Hey, stop it. The funniest thing I thought though, was that Claudio mentions that it's Yuda's birthday. Yeah. And so the last thing Danielson says as he leaves is happy birthday. Yuda.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's like the
0: most backhanded happy birthday ever
1: i loved all of this kind of what you said a it felt real because they were in this backstage setting which you have done hundreds of events Mm -hmm. in arenas Mm -hmm. like this and that is what backstage looks like right one million percent like you you know we talk about locker rooms but that's just you know they're open cubicles anymore or locker rooms right Mm -hmm. like they're just open little you know dividers and so like we don't get that a whole lot like that's what it looks like or it looks like like you said it looks like an like an empty hallway somewhere with a bunch of shit laying around because they don't have a storage room for it. Exactly. Um, so I like that Renee Paquette is five times better than anybody else that will do a backstage interview uh, at believability. And yes, you know what I mean? It just, there, so there I, is, I don't hate that.
0: Yeah. There is yeah. a sense of charm, and I don't even know if I'm using the right word there, but charm was what I think of when Tony Schiavone does it. There's just that sense of like, Oh, good old Tony. Oh, yeah. So maybe she's not five, five times
1: better than, than Tony, but
0: Marvez um, but five times better than them.
1: everybody else.
0: Yeah. yeah. She is better than Tony Schiavone. That is no slight on Tony of course, Schiavone, but maybe not five saying, times better. Yeah. But Tony Schiavone just has that sense of like, Oh yay. Cause yeah. Cause one of the things that he's done that I really appreciate is he's developed little, uh, Tonyisms, where, for example, when it's with Britt Baker, he's always going to do the DMD because they're friends. So I like that. That's part of his character is like he's not neutral. Um, But with Renee, she's awesome. Yeah, one hundred percent. And
1: and side note, before I get back to this Claudio thing, uh, also with Tony. I love that he's visibly and outwardly frustrated with the people who are giving him shit, right? Like yeah. as we'll talk about later, like he'll be like, "Hey, fuck off," right? Like right. this I, I love to mean Gene for that where he'd be like, "You get your goddamn hands off me." <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I will fucking sue you, right? Like yeah. love it because that's I mean again, it's more realistic. Not everybody has to be like, oh, yeah, I'm so scared of this guy who's 5'8 and 195 pounds, <laughs> right? Like okay, let's let's move on with this. Now, Claudio again. I think, is the guy who shined in this. He looked like daddy coming in to stop the fight here. I I like that Wheeler's getting, hey, he said he came here to learn violence. He came here to, you know, get to that next level. Well, now, maybe I'm not just here to be your your student, right? Like, maybe I've learned enough. Maybe I learned that you suck.
0: You can't pull your head out of your ass, and I need to save you. It's very interesting because... This is really a story, if told correctly, I think is gonna be a story of the year for AEW. And the reason I say that is because if you look at Yuda's trajectory in Blackpool Combat Club, he didn't come in under Brian Danielson. He came in getting his ass beat by John Moxley. Now, yeah. Danielson also beat him, but like the initiation took place from John Moxley. So now we don't know really his, his, his feelings, but it seems like, Hey, I learned from the the most violent of this group. I'm good to go. Brian Danielson, you need to like get with it. And so now he's kind of bumping up to one of the founding members in a way that is different because it wasn't him that really initiated him. It was Moxley. And then you have Claudio who is an elder, right? One of the, uh, Uh, elder statesman of Blackpool Combat Club, and he really has no association with anyone except for, I like him, right? I like all these guys, but I'm not Team Yuda over Team Danielson. I'm Team Blackpool Combat Club, so cut the shit. I like that. I think, and we'll see what happens here, I think what we're going to get is Danielson versus Yuda at the pay-per-view. Assuming we do that, that's the story that I'm most interested in. Is because do we say, hey, old lion, the new lion is here to take over, step aside? Or is it Danielson has his ego unchecked and, hey, fuck all you guys, I'm the best here. Don't you assholes realize that? So I'm very interested to see the story. And this was the first step in that kind of bumping into each other aspect.
1: So it is interesting with the Blackpool Combat Club in that, I mean, they're instantly at a level of attention due to having John Moxley and Brian Danielson. You could argue in the top three, if not, you know, five of the people they have on that roster, right? Of notoriety, of wrestling, yep. thing, right? So... You normally don't get that with factions, so you could lose a one of them for sure. But I also feel like both of them, they don't really need this Blackpool Combat Club. It's nice to build a story around when you don't have another idea. But John Moxley, I mean, being the world champ—if you—if you're not using the Blackpool Combat Club to your advantage, then it's—it almost is kind of like, oh, he's there, right? Like, so right. I just kind of, to me. It, You know, yeah, work that. Get Brian Danielson away, maybe. Then Moxley's the the head guy ish, but it's Mm -hmm. Regal, and then maybe Moxley just whatever's like, hey guys, like I gotta, you know, I mean, I gotta go. It's time for my vacation. This has been fun, Yeah. yeah. Right. And he's gone, and then you got William Regal, and maybe Claudio's the leader, and then we get a couple others underneath, right? It's a three man group with Wheeler and somebody else, or a or whomever right i I, like i'm not asking for that right now but that i think would still be one of the best factions you have in aw so i think there's a million ways you can go with this
0: yeah and on top of that going back to the interaction that we saw on screen one person that we did not mention was william regal now he was on in picture he was there but he didn't really step up he kind of was just like hey, I'm going to let these guys fight it out see what happens. And maybe that's his role. I'm interested to see where he comes, right? Because he's been the one that's supposed to be mentoring the elders, right? The founding members, the Moxleys and the Danielsons. So what does that mean for him with Yuda? There was even a subtle moment
1: there where Claudio was like, hey, shut, knock it off, right? And he was like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go kick his ass. Like, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk this out. And he kind of gives them both a look, and he even kind of looks over at Regal, and Regal's like, "Eh, fuck, eh?" (laughs) yeah, You know what I mean? And he's like, all right, right? Like, fucking, I mean, that could be the thing. Regal could be like, hey, I saw it. Like, he's primed to, maybe that's it. You could take the whole heel faction. Danielson leaves, whatever. Like, he does this, right? He's out because he's like, fuck Wheeler Yuta, right? And Brian Danielson becomes a, a heel against the Blackpool Combat Club. But later, like, you can turn the Blackpool Combat Club as, like, heel by Regal being like, it's time, Claudio. You got to be ruthless. And he takes out Moxley, right? Let's say Moxley loses the AEW championship to somebody. And that's when Regal's like, I knew he didn't have it. It's time. We could take him out. And then Claudia takes him out. Then you get this Moxley-Claudio feud for a while. Like, there's, again, It'd be there's a whole bunch
0: of ways you could go with this because it is so multifaceted. Great, stuff. Could be fun. Now, let's get into the, the talking point of the night, I think. From the IWC and probably every wrestling podcast you're going to listen to this week, which you should only listen to ours. But this if you one. listen to others, you're going to hear listen, this. If you're listening point.
1: to others, my advice would be listen to ours twice first. And then. Yes. Right.
0: right. So the talking point of the week was there was a video package after this backstage segment of the Elite. And it seemed very. Uh, For comic book fans, Thanos-like with the disintegrating of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They were going to the foundational moments of all elite wrestling. Yeah, A lot of footage of those moments. The, The press conference. The winning of titles. Yeah. And those things disintegrating or evaporating, whatever you'd like to call it. And the last thing that you see is the AEW logo. And the E is then first taken away. And then yeah. so is the rest of the company. Which or, is a subtle the point logo. too,
1: right? So the elite was taken out first of all elite wrestling. And How then could the that rest be, of
0: right. out. So, Tim, let's put on our booking hats, right? Let's Ooh, have some yeah. fun here. What are we doing with the elite? It looks like they're coming back. If I'm giving you the pencil, here it is how you writing this if
1: you're giving me the pencil how i'm writing this is young bucks kenny omega and i think even hangman maybe hangman needs a little convincing but
0: hangman was in that hangman was in that,
1: he was in that uh, uh, video package i just think with current storylines you know what i mean it would take some work a couple of weeks to get hangman maybe Or unless that's a big reveal later as a shock and all, right? So anyway, what I'm getting at here is they're mad at Tony Khan. Like, wait a minute, I got suspended, bro? Like, dude, this was us. We brought this guy in later because we were like, hey, we just need something to get us over the top. Now you treat us like we're equals? He's suspended and we're suspended? Fuck him and fuck you. Like, give you don't get to call this all elite wrestling anymore. It's because of us. So if you kick us at the curb it's not elite anymore this is and fucking it all falls you know, apart. call it roh or something like whatever like it sucks anyway right like and then there he's like uh i mean no i own the rights to all elite wrestling right like so it's right here like sorry guys let's like let's work this out and they're like no fuck you we are going to burn this shit to that we will rather watch it die than watch you take the fucking name and so they're all the idiots, cuz I mean they love to write, copy this. They're breaking shit. They're not letting matches happen. They're not letting fucking title changes go down. They're just like, fuck you. They're interrupting shit left and right causing a ruckus until we settle it squared away, a hero comes along and saves all elite wrestling name from whatever.
0: I like that. I'm I'm somewhat I somewhat have the same idea that you do. So this is what I was thinking is the thing that I that caught my eye is how, again, with the logo of AW, the E goes away first and then the rest of it crumbles. I think that right. that's uh, a symbol it's a key point. when it's you a very key point. Yeah, I think that's a symbol of once you take us, the rest of this stuff falls apart. Right. So what I would do if I have the pencil and here it is in my hand, I'm bringing them back as heels. But again, they're going to get cheered. I'm not bringing in Tony Khan. Tony Khan is too much of a wild card. Nerd. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: you you have somebody in lieu of Tony Khan speaking. Well, in in fact, it might be him. better. They're like, let us talk to Tony, and he was like, "Ah, eh, t- Tony's Tony has media well, I'm not to do later." No,
0: I'm not mentioning. Tony oh, you're not Khan.
1: even mentioning Tony Khan. No,
0: fuck him because he's too much of a weirdo. I don't want him on screen. He he's going to ruin the segment. Oh,
1: that's what I mean. This is how you don't get him on screen: is somebody else is speaking, they I, can't get to Tony Khan. Right.
0: right. But what I'm doing is I'm bringing them in again. Here's the pencil like it or don't like it. Hashtag tweet the table. Let me know what I'm doing is the elite. I'm calling them the elite because it's all three of them, right? The elite cost John Moxley the championship at full gear. That's how MJF becomes your heavyweight champion, right? And the reason the elite went after John Moxley is because the Blackpool Combat Club outside of Willer or is all ex WWE guys, and that's the fucking problem with AEW. So their beef is with all of these ex WWE guys. The first couple years, when it was just us and Moxley didn't have Brian Danielson, everything was great. Did you see? Did you ever hear of anything going on backstage? Nothing. And then we added Danielson, and then we added Adam Cole, and then we added CM Punk, and then this stuff started falling to the ground. Best
1: storylines have kernels of truth, right?
0: Right. And then that's where you do elite versus Blackpool combat club in the midst of this faction warfare. That's where the cracks are showing in the Blackpool combat club. You have that happen, whatever it is, but this is your storyline. If you, I always like to involve everyone. I think it's more fun when everyone's involved because when something's there. Everyone has an opinion. And so it's weird for like someone to be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What is Kenny Omega doing? Like everyone knows, right? If you want to get crazy, you put the, you put the line in the sand. Here's Blackpool combat club and the WWE way of doing pro wrestling. Here is the elite and their way of philosophy on pro wrestling, you pick a side and then you have teams. That's where we talked about this a few weeks ago, but that's how you can have teams break up swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Boom. They can go their separate ways because of this, but you can have it all go through, but I'm bringing them back as heels first because they're going to get cheered. What? Cause it's a surprise. Everyone loves a surprise. Even if it's the damn devil who makes his debut. Right. But I think once you give them the opportunity to talk, they're not strong on the mic, and the anti-elite guys because they're still punk fans, they ain't going away. Are going to start to boo, and you just play into that, and then you could have a pick aside, right? You could like uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. I could like the Elite. That'll never fucking happen. But you get what I'm saying. Like that's where we could go with this. I think that's you have a Young Bucks shirt. That's not. I got it from the AEW crate. Did you put it on. <laughs> yeah, I do have a Kenny Omega.
1: You're like, look, I need to do some plumbing, so I put it on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I would and I would even have them talk about how John Moxley's changed. I would have them say we're going after the Blackpool Combat Club, because John Moxley has changed with this WWE way, or he they can say sports entertainment and even include like the JES, you know what I'm saying? But like this company is going to shit because of those people coming here. We are better without them. And that's the fucking story.
1: Yeah, I don't huh? hate it. I, I, I mean, I think either of these works, I I just want, and this is kind of something you addressed. I, this was fun. I liked this Thanos snapping, like, cause it's piqued my interest. What's going on? It's got up. Are they gonna do this? Are they gonna do that? Will there be Hills? Will there be baby faces? What I don't want is another one of these videos with more moments next week with no furthering explanation, right? There better be something reminiscent of a, uh, not reminiscent, but you know what I mean? Like along the lines of a mission statement or, or a purpose, something right next week. Give me something a little more. It doesn't have to be a whole lot more, but just advance something because what we fear and you mm -hmm. brought up this fear to me offline is Similar to the Bray Wyatt situation, this could go on for weeks with no real advancement. It could just be too much inside baseball. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's too much inside baseball. Like you know why we weren't here? Wink, wink, wink. It's like no, my father-in-law just had hip surgery and he's bored. He's trying to watch some TV. I told him to watch AEW. He doesn't know what the fuck this means.
1: Yeah, I heard somebody bring this up and I forget me where right. It was on some sort of media that I consumed. Where there's a lot of people who watch wrestling who never get on Twitter to follow it, never look up a dirt sheet ever. So to them, maybe if they were like, oh, CM Punk, oh, he, he I heard he won the AEW championship. I'm going to check it out the next day. They tune in and they see Tony Khan being like, there was an incident, had to strip the title. they be like, okay, CM Punk's gone. I'm out, right? Like, they don't know this stuff, right? And maybe you kept a few around because they were like, "Ah, oh, the show was fun, mm-hmm. but they don't know, right? Like, they, they may know vaguely that they were involved in something, but some people don't
0: know and they don't want to have to look it up, right? That's true. And that's why with with the idea that I was thinking about is when you identify the other, because if you're a casual wrestling fan who who has came across AEW, the chances are, I'm going to bet that you're aware of Chris Jericho. You're aware of Keith Lee. Again, you might not know those guys as far as like, Their number one match of their career or what titles they held but you like oh yeah i've seen these guys before and that's where the people you're not familiar with identify them as the enemy and you go wait a minute i thought they were good guys and then here we go here's the interesting thing that could hook you so in kayfabe we've identified what really happened right so then the IWC and the the dorks that are doing podcasts like us can be like, see what they're playing on? That one incident when Punk said that he w- was afraid that Hangman was going to shoot on him. That's what they played into this week, right? So we get our fix, but then the casual fan will be like, oh, they don't like the outsiders coming into a company that they started. That makes sense to me. I can understand that. Let's continue. So that's where you play it because you have to address it. If you never address it and keep doing the, You know. Yeah. Fuck Well, because that's the thing
1: here is, again, we don't fact check. I don't have a data, you know, database here Mm -hmm. in front of me to look this up. But if I had to guess, I would say the majority of people who watch professional wrestling television in the United States, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. AEW skews a little more away from what I'm about to say here. But the majority of people who watch professional wrestling television product in the United States only consume the television product in the United States right they're not going on twitter like i said they're not pulling up you know melzer.com or whatever the fuck he's on is he he's tim i'll tell you his i'll his tell you this just from my wrestling personal wrestling experience. or something whatever the fuck whatever. Yeah. you know what i mean
0: i'll tell you my personal experience just for me i am married and her family does a great job of trying to include me in conversations. So they will try when they think about it to go out of their way. They really to watch give it wrestling. a try.
1: They really, yeah. they're like, Oh, we really got to involve Tom somehow.
0: Yeah. And so he's like, not
1: going to come up to what we're talking about. So we got to find something that he'll well, like. no, look. I'm watching
0: Nebraska. I football. they're watching. a That's, little I'm, sorry about, I mean? I'm yeah. sorry about so that. that. So what I'm getting at though, is when they come to me, right the next gathering we go over there for dinner or whatever and my brother in is like explain this orange cassie okay well that's fun i can do that right like it it so piqued fun. his interest i can explain who that is but when they're saying bray wyatt where did he go what happened why what, what's happened like when that's not explained then I look like an idiot of, like, just give it a little bit more time because eventually, like, he's going to tell you why he left. And it's fucking can dumb, Can I say man. something,
1: first of all, like, outside of what, you know, this is a pro wrestling podcast where we're talking about pro wrestling. We're talking about AEW Dynamite. But you brought up your in-laws. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I feel like I have to address how awesome these people sound now. That, like, they are – on their own not like when you're at the house they're like all right i guess we'll pull up this wrestling they're like tom's in our family now we yeah. want to engage tom and think about it. my family has shit on pro wrestling <laughs> from was, my, the age yeah. of three yeah and like is not, i can't my wife won't even watch <laughs> You know what I mean? yeah. she's just like no nah, you do your fucking stupid show do whatever mm-hmm. whatever whatever makes you happy over there um this is amazing. If, and of course, I mean, your wife is amazing, and is that kind mm-hmm. of person as well. Uh, ha, t- Tom, oh, Why are you telling these people that you're <laughs> –
0: yeah, yeah. Like, What wool have you fortunate. pulled over their eyes? <laughs> I am very fortunate. But to get us back on track, when when they are trying to get into something and they don't know what's happening, I – Oh, and they're very smart one. people. Right. Another thing but to I...
1: say, like they are like top-level intelligent people. So if they're not oh, getting yeah. it – Something's well, and, up.
0: Yeah, and then on top of that, when I have to be the one that peels back the onion, the story isn't as good. It's better, right? If I were to tell you the plot of the wire, I could tell you, but it's way cooler if you watch season one of the wire. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. You ever have to explain a joke to somebody who didn't get it? It's just never yeah. funny, right? Like that's right. that's what's happening there.
0: And so if you have to explain the moment of why everyone freaked out, man, it's not as cool. It just isn't. It, it just isn't. Anyhow, let's get back into our breakdown here. So we covered our elite uh, video package. Then we go backstage again. And this is where I was talking about. Jas goes one way and Blackpool Combat Club goes another way because backstage Garcia and Jericho are interviewed. And Jericho's like, hey, I'm pissed. That was stupid. Claudio cheated. Now I'm going to take it out on every Ring of Honor person. I don't care who it is. So again, not mentioning Blackpool Combat Club, he's doubling down on the destruction of Ring of Honor, which is good. I'm kind of tired of JAS and Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. Well, he says next week, any former champion, you come, and and you get these hands, uh, and I'm gonna fight you.
1: So who do you think he he's mentioned be? a
0: couple times?
1: Even that he didn't care if it was a a woman. Yeah. Um, has there been a – there hasn't been a woman ROH, like, typically male title holder, has there? I don't know much about the ROH lineage after a while. Um, but I also – I think AEW's addressed that they don't want to do that.
0: No, I think that was just to get stuff. you to peak interest, right?
1: Yeah. Um, well, one thing that really stuck out to me is the thing that we have hit – the or rang the bell about a thousand times with AEW is as we addressed earlier with the elite saying god damn you keep hiring all these wwe people and everything was great till they showed up um no more hires need to be made in front of the camera they need to be made behind the camera because once again production issues they have production issues at the rate that we do and we (laughs) do a free podcast off of our home laptops you know what i mean (laughs) Like it's it's so bad. We might oh. put out a a show once in a while that has no production issues, but
0: they never do. It always is something. And you couldn't yeah, hear the, half of what they were saying here. The microphone was out. You saw the boom mic underneath the camera. <laughs> like that was high school <laughs> high school local yeah. access television. It was just That's the bullshit. stuff.
1: Honestly, that's the stuff. So, we both have journalism degrees. What they will tell you is the audio needs to be correct before the video is people will change the channel faster when the audio goes bad than they do when the video goes bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's it's just one of these things where it's like if, you, if you're not up op- again mistakes will happen you can do everything you think and um, you know right, xfl yeah. somebody pulls the plug on a generator or whatever you mm-hmm. know what i mean like yep. whatever happens but it was bad but at least they got it kind of under control and they played it off. Well, you can tell Tony was flustered and they start giving him shit and he's yelling back. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, you got the gist of it. I, the Jericho appreciation society. However, it did hit me with a visual that they have so many members that this looked like soap opera actors accepting a daytime Emmy up here on this interview. It was like 12 motherfuckers out here on stage. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, well, let's maybe we can cut Hager and a few of these off to the side for this interview.
0: Oh, If I had my way, again, I'm going to put the pencil back in my hand. The one thing that I'm doing that I've been, I feel like saying on this podcast for about a year now is make me miss Chris Jericho. I know that apparently he is the highest paid or before Punk. uh, You know, he was the highest paid. Now he's second or whatever, whatever it is, but like he's up there. So you got to get your money's worth. But it's I mean, Tim. It's every fucking week with Jericho and we're at the point, no offense to him, but there's other people at his level that we could also watch. There's a Danielson. There's a Mox like, and I know Moxley has been a little overexposed as well, but like I'm tired of Jericho.
1: Well, another thing about Jericho is I know Jericho loves to reinvent himself, but I think sometimes he thinks he reinvents himself when he goes, well, it's Chris Jericho the Ocho now. When that's the same thing as Le Champion, right? Can we yeah. say it like it, you yeah. have not changed gimmicks since you came into AEW, right? It's well, been you did the Pain Maker. It's been I'm, yeah, but still, I mean that was know, a know it. you know, what I mean yeah, I, it's I still like I'm a superstar. I'm the best. I've got this crew of fucks to help elevate me, which is a great fine story. I mean, we tell that with with aging veterans all the time, right? Like I keep my status elevated by having younger people do the work for me, but we're not telling that part of that story enough. Right. We did with the whole Sammy Guevara thing for a little bit, I think. Right. And then, then the split up with him and MJF and kind of those things where, but like, he's not using these people enough. If that makes sense
0: for me, that's the part is (laughs) Again, I don't like WWE. Everyone knows that. But the thing I will say that they do really well with the bloodline is Roman Reigns is not there every week. Yeah. So it makes me understand that when you say Roman Reigns is on this Friday, something's going to happen. But when Chris Jericho is wrestling the matches and then is the leader, it's too much. That's where we need Matt Menard in that match with – uh daniel garcia that's where we need uh cool hand parker or whatever isn't like or, or even i mean you said Hanger it
1: sucks but like someone else you said it matt menard that guy more of that guy right but uh yeah if, if you Jericho's didn't gonna, if you didn't catch aw dark elevation this week yeah very good commentary what? matt menard but anyway but like you're saying it's this idea of like him leading the faction should also build the people in the factions and mjf took advantage of it when he was in there but that was because he was in there by design for that moment right so it's just yeah he should be using these people a little more like with roman reigns we get that like he seems to not really give a fuck about these people he's got them gaslit into believing this is about the family lineage and the whatever but it's about
0: him winning every fucking thing and and that's kind of what the story is with Jericho Appreciation Society. It's in the damn name, Jericho Appreciation, right? And so let's have these guys appreciate Jericho a little bit more by having them do the stuff, and Jericho doesn't need to be seen this week. That's the part where I'm getting I, I, I don't need to see him. I don't need again make me miss you. Go away for like three months. And I'm like, man remember Jericho was doing that singing thing with MJF, I wish he would do something like that and then he comes back and does whatever.
1: Even if it wasn't three months, like you said, with Roman Reigns if we got it where Jericho was here one week and then two weeks maybe he wasn't, and then maybe two weeks he was, and then a week he wasn't, and then a week he was, and then a week he he wasn't, and then two weeks he was, and then two weeks, weeks, you know what I mean? Like just switch it up. You can still advance the storyline with, hey Jericho's, because again, he's the rock star, he's the part. he's jet-setting all over and they go, Matt Menard and and cool hand whatever his name is or in the back and here's how matt menard is so good we don't forget his fucking name right we forget the other guy's name who's good we like him oh he great does all those things, yeah. anyway so yeah. th- somebody's like where's your fucking boy i'm gonna kick his ass and they're like hey he's too fucking busy he's over in japan signing fucking contracts fuck you right like yeah that's what you get and then they're like all right well then we're kicking your ass Be like, you think you're kicking our ass bring it mm-hmm. this is easy this is not hard <laughs> Even if you have Jericho there, absence makes the heart grow fonder.
0: You know what I mean? And another thing, and another thing is we've gone to all the cities a couple times now. Everyone sang the fucking song. I get some people bought the tickets the first time around, right after the pandemic, because we all wanted to sing the song. I was one of them. I wanted to go, I wanted to sing the song. But they've been to Kansas City twice now. Like the second time I didn't need to fucking hear it. And so that's what I'm getting at is go away, pal. Anyhow, let's get back into our breakdown here. Uh, next up, we had, I guess, a number one contenders tag team match, but FTR is still the number one contender. I'm confused on this, but it was a very, very good match. FTR oh, yeah. ver- versus Swerve in our glory. And Swerve in our glory, the acclaimed are the tag team champs. FTR is the champions of the rest of the world. Those two teams are probably 1-2 in the pecking order. I love both of those teams. To me, after this match, the most interesting tag team is Swerve in our glory. So what we have here is a kind of back and forth. But well, as we get to the finish, we get Swerve Strickland does the Kansas City cunt punt to bald FTR as Keith Lee. Here's the point that I want to make here. Keith Lee does not see that. And then, uh, the ass boys have the other FTR guy, you know, pinned to the guardrail. Another thing that Keith Lee doesn't see, or at least that's what we're told. Same with the ref Keith Lee gets the victory swerve in our glory becomes, I guess the number one contenders, but the most interesting part is this has shades of sting and Lex Luger as a tag team where Sting was your number one guy. Baby face, hey, everything's great. And Lex Luger's doing the one where it's like, hey, fuck this guy, right? I'm the man, woo. And then he's like, no, 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 we're cool. We're cool, we're awesome. And then they get in there and then Lex Luger kind of does a little cheap thing and Sting's like, what'd you do? He's like, nothing, what do you mean? And then it's this butting of heads where they like each other, they're good friends. One's a prick and the other one's a pretty good guy. Tom,
1: great reference with the Sting and Lex Luger.
0: Sting and Lex Luger was one of my favorite teams as a kid for that reason because Tim, if if when we, you know, we're going to be kind of branching off into like other podcasts and, you know, collaborating and stuff, people aren't going to like me and they're going to love you. But like we like each other. And so like how yeah, many people it, don't like me, <laughs> no, you know, like yeah, you're like, hey, you got, I, I got
1: three friends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But
0: like, that's the most interesting thing is because typically when you meet a group of people or a pair of people by nature, you're going to like one a little bit more than the other. You might say they're both great but you're going to lean one way. Oh, I can
1: tell you which of our fans like you more or like me more, just based on over the 10 years here of their way they speak to us.
0: Yeah. And so that's, what's interesting about swerving our glory is Keith Lee. And we're being told maybe the reveal is he was in it the entire time. And so that changes the dynamic. What the story that I think is being told is Keith Lee is thinking we're on the up and up. We're doing all this stuff. You know, honorably and, and Swerve Strickland's like nah fuck that shit if I hit him in the dick I'm gonna hit him in the dick and so I love it they are the most interesting tag team to me uh, now I don't know what we do I guess it's part three Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed right. how do you feel about that even
1: going back to your reference <laughs> there was the moments of like Sting was kind of annoyed with Lex Luger when Lex Luger mm. was like, "No, man, we're the shit." I'm, I'm fucking, I'm tough, and things like, "Would you shut the fuck up?" And we're getting that same kind of energy yeah, here Lee with just Keith Lee. Right? Told Swerve straight. Yep. Uh oh, I think we might have lost. Oh, you still so, there? Okay. Yep. Nope. Froze yep. Up for still there. All Sorry. right. Yep. Yep. All right. So, what do you think you about were saying, part yeah.
0: three? Swerve and our glory versus the <sighs> acclaimed. How does that work out for
1: you? So that's what happened, right? Swerve in our glory
0: is the victors of this, technically. Yeah, and so it looks like FTR is going to go feud with the ass boys, which is fine. I think eventually, as much as I love FTR, and I think everyone in the IWC is wanting the four titles for FTR, I think it's a more interesting story if they lose all of those championships to then focus in on the grand prize, which is the AW championship. So I wouldn't personally hate it if the ass boys became your ring of honor tag team champs. Oh, that's great.
1: idea that's a great idea i did love the ass boys out here they're they're dressed up as everybody's favorite local cops they are being assholes right yeah ftr and they yeah it was interesting the way they did this where they interfered for seemingly benefit of people they also don't like right but they just also don't like these people more right so Mm -hmm. again some real life subtleties of like, why do these motherfuckers do that? So hopefully we'll get a better answer coming up next week. But I, I think the ass boys, the guns, whatever we're going to call them are in a good spot here where they're kind of that team that like, they're good. I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're like a lead or anything like that, but I think this is a good spot, right? Put them in with FTR and let's see. I, I wouldn't hate FTR. FTR has got three fucking titles. They can stand to lose one.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think them losing the Ring of Honor and then having the ass boys on your Ring of Honor television program whenever that happens, which seems sooner rather than later. I think that's the move. And then you elevate FTR to the A show, which is Dynamite. AW. All right. After that whole debacle and fun, uh, we go backstage into what was the most confusing segment of the night. You have Renee Young, or excuse me, Renee Paquette back there. She's interviewing Soraya and they're like, look, at this, this is so much fun. We're all together. And before they even get into the, I guess, uh, point of the interview Rick Baker walks in and Soraya is like, don't even do it. You bitch. Like, I liked it. She's like, I'm not, Nope, you're a bitch. I'm tired of this. Stop. But they start to yell at each other. Renee has to use her mom voice and stop the shit. Brit Baker leaves, but then that's the segment. So, what if Brit Baker? I said this on on our Twitter at Table Show because I live tweet during AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage. But if if Brit Baker doesn't interrupt, what were we gonna do with Soraya talking to Renee? They just stopped. They just were okay. Well, I guess that's it. Like. You can continue the interview. She's gone now. Like, talk. It just They stopped. Yeah. They went to commercial. It made no yeah, sense. Yeah, if nothing
1: else, yeah, I think maybe you just throw it at the end of like, all right, well, let's get back in the interview. And someone's like, no, we're out of time. You know, like yeah. sounds from
0: off screen. You're like, oh, fuck. And then sorry, it's like, God fucking. And man. that right. that could have made more sense, right? Mm-hmm. Renee looks and says, oh, we're being counted down. I'm so sorry. We'll get to this later. Okay.
1: What they just stopped. Yeah. They just. Stay whoop. tuned for a, a YouTube exclusive
0: something Uh, interview they did nothing it was very very odd uh so we go to a commercial we come back we get more a pocket like i said she put her running shoes on and and interviews mjf and tim this mjf interview what tell me what you thought i i what so we're still getting
1: this, I don't know what MJF is, right? Is he heel? Is he face? He even kind of addresses it. He's like, hey, listen, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to earn it. I'm doing the match, but like, I'm, st- I'm still going to be MJF. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like, I may not play, I may not fight fair, like, fuck out of here. Which kind of defeats the point of what he said earlier. So that was a little confusing for right? When he hands the chip in, he's like, for the first time in my life, I'm going to earn it. Well,
0: but if you cheat in the match... But he did said he wasn't going to use the diamond ring. He said he, did says, say he wasn't
1: going to use the dynamite diamond ring, which
0: look, I know that's a thing
1: and I know in canon he's used that a couple times but like I don't view your diamond ring as like this debilitating. It's not the brass knuckles <laughs> from William Rick. <Rigger. laughs> right, yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's yeah. like you know right whatever. Like yeah, you might give me a nasty little welt, you know what I mean, in my unibrow area here, but like yeah, anyway, but that aside <laughs> The thing I'll never forget is his spot-on, perfect uh, imitation of John Moxley, right? The shoulders, the like, hey, I'm going to break every bone in your body, man. <laughs> like that thing. <laughs> just, And I love that Rene Paquette was even like, yeah, 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 you fucking jerk off, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Um, but it just, it did leave me, he if it's the slow roll of like i'm still an asshole but i kind of like these cheers right like i, I guess that kind of makes sense so maybe there's more story to tell maybe like next week we'll get william regal being like what the fuck was that interview who the fuck are you what what even yeah. are you right and he's like what do you mean what am i like i'm mjf and he's like yeah but what is MJ?" you know like you gotta roll down the line with however you would write
0: that but i don't know i just it felt filler and maybe that's it what it felt- was it felt it felt to me that it was a caricature of a baby face played by MJF. Hey guys, let's do my catchphrase. Hey, it's mid. It felt like staying in Kfabe, it was MJF saying, by all of my observations of these people that I fucking hate called baby faces, this is what they would say. Yeah. And so Or it maybe it's just way.
1: that. He's like, look how stupid they are. Like you can just lead them on. He's like, I'm even telling them. I don't like them. I'm a bad guy, but yeah, they'll just fucking cheer me because I say cheer with me now. Fucking
0: idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought caricature of a baby face, I get where we're going, but then Stokely Hathaway walks out. And Stokely Hathaway is like, Hey hey, let's fuck up some John Moxley, huh? And MJF's like, no, I don't want Slaps to. Slaps the mic it. out of his hand. Yeah. What? Don't don't stop it. And he's like, You for some reason think that we're equals and we ain't so cut the shit don't touch john moxley and then mjf says here's my catchphrase stokely hathaway grins walks away what do you think about that
1: the stokely hathaway thing is perplexing to me because this is twice they've done that he's come out been like all right guy we're gonna fuck this guy up right and mjf fucking belittles him on national television in front of everybody Mm -hmm. calls him a chump fucking gives him a titty twister says i'm gonna go fuck your wife later or whatever right does all that and stokely like you can tell in the moment is like bitch uh fuck what like who the fuck do you think you are but immediately goes back to this like oh yeah you know everything's cool so is stokely cataloging all this for an eventual fu mjf or is he just a well guy who can't remember get- what happened five seconds ago
0: well, we get that later uh, after the our main event match. So we'll talk yeah. about that. Um, right. But that's the end of that segment. Uh, well, again, we'll touch on what happens in the main event. Um, but after that interview, we get a quick highlight package because, hey, remember, uh, Wardlow is your TNT champ. Remember that guy? He's standing next to Simone Joe, who's a TV champ.
1: Man, and I know Ward we like Joe. Wardlow. I know we like Wardlow. Before we get into really? this, and 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 uh, I mean, we've all like we liked the Wardlow story that they told, mm-hmm. but again, it was MJF story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it MJF did everything he could for Wardlow, if I gotta say, right? And then Wardlow hasn't continued it on. I forgot the TNT title was a thing because Wardlow's carrying it, and we're just not now whether that's Wardlow or that's how we're telling the story of Wardlow as TNT champion. I guess we will find out in the long run, but maybe it's a little bit of both from my
0: estimation. Let's just fast track. This is how I feel. Let's just fast track that Samoa Joe, Wardlow don't like each other, and we're going to fight each other for the tnt championship i'm tired of the war war joke. no one fucking no it's not going to be swerving our glory where then they become tag team champs i I don't want to nor do i want
1: every like tag team that comes together to have to come sum up with some fucking like
0: yeah i don't
1: need a name like i don't need that shit
0: i don't need it i need those two to fight because they're big meaty men that like to slap meat and that's what i want to see yes do it i I don't care bumping into each other you know what i'm saying And now I understand ring of honor is eventually going to get their own television show. That's where all roads are leading to. So you need talent over there. So Matt Taven and the kingdom, I understand their existence, but I don't give two shits about Matt Taven or Maria or my, I, I do not care. Also, I saw this online while I was live tweeting and no, and I told you about this before we started recording. Some people are like sharing the photo of when Adam Cole was in the the kingdom and they want that to stop, stop, stop. This goes for WWE too, because they're doing that whole bullet club bullshit. Stop with like sequels. This feels like the movie industry when they're like, you know, what's good. Saw two, you know, what's even better saw three and then we have nine saw movies that all fucking suck so fast like, and furious fast and furious yeah we're racing in space or whatever it was a uh, yeah underground racing thing and now we're with the sharknado
1: ro-
0: yeah it's all <laughs> stupid like stop it come up at with least that was designed ideas. to be
1: stupid but yeah that was a yeah, I mean. that
0: was insane but th- i don't want adam cole there i don't want any of that happening so fucking stop it but the kingdom look take your power bombs go to ring of honor. I'll watch you over there when I get some time. One thing though, I, I want to circle back to, cause we didn't do it. And I want to do a quick predictions, Chris Jericho's mystery opponent next week. Who you got, who you picking in this whole former ring of honor champion person in a match with Chris Jericho. Cause I, I got. really, I, I mean, like, I mean, you know,
1: We've discussed Samoa Joe is always an easy answer to plug in, but I feel like he might be one of the final bosses mm-hmm. for Chris Jericho. So mm-hmm. I don't. The issue is I don't know who these ROH champions are. If I if I'm just being honest. Dude, I never, ever once watched ROH as like a television show more than like going through the channels and being like, oh shit, ROH is on. I didn't realize mm-hmm. I get this channel. Um, so I just don't know who they are. Did Excalibur ever win
0: that fucking thing? I don't fucking know. <laughs> is <laughs> it Adam Cole you think he's ready to come back? I that's what I hope. I think a good shot in the arm would be Adam Cole comes back. He's the Ring of Honor, hopeful savior. And then that's something for a couple weeks. Okay, but kind of what you've
1: said before when with the whole Adam Cole, and the reason it's been flopping is like who Adam Cole shows up, and we're like, Adam Cole, baby, and he lost. Adam Cole, baby, and he
0: lost. Well, baby, I mean, and he lost. <laughs> right, so I, well, that's why I kind of hope it wins. Because nah. then, then I think this is just me. I think you can do Samoa Joe defends his TV championship against whoever it is. But then your main event of a Ring of Honor pay per view is this is what I would do champion Adam Cole, baby taking on Chris Jericho and that's your main event you put the title on Adam Cole then Jericho wins it at the pay-per-view I'm going on the war path even harder now then Samoa Joe who loses his TV championship then goes after Chris Jericho takes down this evil guy there we are we got Adam Cole over in Ring of Honor we got Samoa Joe over in Ring of Honor and then we got Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks over here in AEW because that's another thing I don't want to see Young Bucks and Kenny Omega talking to Adam Cole. Do it on your YouTube show that I never watch over there, but separate those guys. Cause I'm tired of that rehash shit too. So separate that stuff as well. Anyhow, that's my thought. Yeah. Good. Uh, let's get into some big old violence here. We get Brian Danielson taking on Sammy Guevara and Brian Danielson wore Sammy Guevara like a hat in this match. He was just kicking his ass. Ends up getting a triangle. And I think it was elbows to the skull and makes Sammy Guevara pass out. So again, I think that's the end, the exclamation point of Blackpool Combat Club and JAS. What do you think?
1: Yeah, and yes, and I understand we were discussing earlier that, you know, we're we're telling the end of this story now to separate them part of that is all right now we both beat them okay so now who's better Uh, 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 right like uh, but it just it kind of at this point i felt like ah didn't we do this story earlier in the night (laughs) like shouldn't this been a delayed a week maybe or something Mm -hmm. i guess i don't know but maybe that's nitpicking i mean i thought it was fine i thought brian danison is gonna work over sammy guevara and that's cool You know, we all, it's a,
0: it's a good match. It's not going to be something that if I was in the crowd, I would be like, damn it, this sucks. I'm going to go get something there. All right, cool. I can see Brian Danielson wrestling a match and Sammy Guevara to his credit is a good wrestler as well. So this should be fun. But from a story perspective, the thing that we care about the most. Yeah. It didn't really move the needle for us. What could move the needle for us though, is we go backstage with renee Paquette, and she's interviewing ray phoenix and ray Mm -hmm. phoenix says hey tonight penta could be a double champ but we could all be double champs because i am going to go for the all-atlantic championship and before he gets to do his fun stuff christian and luchasaurus walk up and christian goes boy are you dumb did you not hear what we said Luchasaurus is going to be the all Atlantic champion. So Ray Phoenix and Luchasaurus kind of have this you know, stare down. They faced each other a million times in tag matches. I don't think they've ever faced each other in singles competition, which is interesting, uh, but they're looking and that's I don't fact check. I'm just guessing but they're looking at each at other at least here on American yeah. television. Right? And here comes Orange Cassidy with his backpack. Hey, you guys want this? Bah. All right. I'll fight both of you. So, this is now the second time that Orange Cassidy is seeing a beef between two people and just walks up and says, I'll fight you both. Because he did this on Rampage with Roosh and Tin just appears behind a bar and says, I'll fight both of you. And now this one is actually about the all Atlantic Championship. And he looks at both of them and goes, I'll fight both of you. It fits. Orange Cassidy doesn't give a shit. All right, so
1: guys, what yeah. you said, man come on man shut up yeah. let's just we'll, we'll see you next week like yeah
0: go let's over stay. here
1: and do my thing um i i like this so now who wins the match the thing with luchasaurus being involved is right now the luchasaurus character feels like he's got to win everything he's in but if he wins this title it would feel like it's only designed to then give it to Jungle Boy Jack Perry is the ultimate prize for beating Luchasaurus, which I don't hate any of that. So I won't hate if we go that way, but I also won't hate if he's about to win it. Jungle Boy Jack Perry comes out and costs him the match, and Orange Cassidy lucks his ass into a victory, and that's probably where we're going, and that's fine too.
0: That's where I think we're going. I think we're eventually going to main event a Dynamite or Rampage with a Lights Out match between luchasaurus and jungle boy that's how we hey so jungle boy gets the victory because if you recall they did a lights out match with orange cassidy and adam cole orange cassidy got the victory but because it's a lights out match it doesn't count on the record so i think that's how we separate them is do a lights out match between the two of them jungle boy wins but luchasaurus actually doesn't lose so then he can go after the tnt champion and all the stuff like that the other thing i think Is ray phoenix isn't gonna win because as cool as my idea is and i love my idea and here's my pencil to prove it because i'd write it down i actually did there it is i think what we're doing with the elite i mean we're gonna paint by numbers here we're gonna do we're the elite we never lost our trios championship and we're gonna do death triangle versus the elite And then we're going to get back on track with whatever the elite we're going to do with the trios championship. That's not my fear, because that's still going to be badass, right? Because we're going to find out whatever the original plan was for the trios champions. But that seems like the safest, most layup option we have here. So that's why I also don't think Ray Phoenix is winning this match. All right, Tim, you ready to do this together? it's right before the main event. So you know what that means? It's time, time for the women. women. Yes, man. We had one week where it wasn't this way, but we got right <laughs> back on track. Tony. We got right back on track. Tony Khan right here Predictability. The women, women right here, right before the main event. That's where they belong. Right. Tony Khan. That's what you feel. Tell you what, that's weird. All right, so it's Rio taking on Jamie Hader. And Rio. Okay, so Rey Mysterio has been wrestling for 20 years. And when Rey Mysterio wrestles Big Show, we root for Rey Mysterio. And some of us might even think Rey Mysterio is going to win the match. So, from a casual wrestling perspective, we have seen small person beat big person. It's not out of the realm of possibilities, right? Okay. However, Rio doesn't have the fast. And I think I said this last week, doesn't have that fast, elusive striking ability, either from the top rope or, you know, around the ring, like Ray Mysterio did to where I could believe Rio could win a match. So when Rio wrestled Jamie Hayter here, I was kind of looking at my watch going, well, let's get Jamie Hayter the win. And she did. She kicked Rio's ass. So Jamie Hayter gets gets that train rolling here. What do you think? So
1: hot take time here. Uh Uh-oh. Rio, remember when we used to ask everybody, why are you still watching WWE. Why do you like it? Mm-hmm. Give me a reason why you like it. Don't give me a reason why you think you know, well, you like this thing, I like this thing. No, tell me what you like about it. That's the question I will ask everybody about Rio. Just tell me why cuz as you're saying, I don't see a move set that nobody else is doing. I don't see a charisma that nobody else has. I don't see a look that nobody else has outside of the fact of it being near skeletonish, and that's not their body shame, but it just—if we're discussing a fighting promotion, we—we we didn't believe James Ellsworth had a legit shot in a match, right? He was mm-hmm. brought up this week. Um,
0: he was. Why was he brought up?
1: AJ Styles brought him up. Dominic Mysterio yeah. said he was this generation's Eddie Guerrero. And he said, no, scratch that. Eddie Guerrero was that generation's Dominic Mysterio, which is a good line. Somebody wrote for him. Um, but AJ Styles was like, you're, he's like, you're none of that. He's like, you're this generation's James Ellsworth, which is funny because didn't AJ Styles lose to James Ellsworth? I think so. Yeah. And, and isn't James Ellsworth like a child fucking predator? So like, why are we mentioning his name? Anyway. So um, with this real thing, it's just Why? Why do you care? Why do you pop when you see Rio? Because to me, as we've said before with the hold your hand wrestling style, the 205 Live wrestling style, the Young Bucks wrestling style, I don't get why you think it's so impressive when it could have been fill in the blank person who did it, right? With the Young Bucks, you know, private party wrestling style, of like, oh my God, he jumped to the top rope and he did a triple spinning over your ball sack plancha dive and he drop kicked the guy in the face. And it was like, cool, somebody else fucking did that on Dark. Like, they all can do that. It's impressive. Yes, I can't do it. But, like, it's it's not make me pop because, like, Legion of Doom is in the room all of a sudden because something unique and different is happening. It is so. Every single Japanese wrestling woman I've ever seen on American wrestling television is Rio. So, like, why do we suddenly be like, "Oh my God, Rio"? For fucking, we could have been anybody. You could have plucked any fucking person out of the back and got these same spots. Got these same. Mo- so, I need somebody to explain to me the chat, Twitter, hashtag tweet the table. Tell me the specific things and you know what's not going to happen tom nobody's going to fucking answer this question because they don't have an answer for it rio sucks it's not that she sucks it's just that rio is just there right? Like rio is just it's just there it's just she's pedestrian it's yeah she's it's very, very pedestrian
0: yeah and and to your point one of the things that i always say about that style of wrestling where someone says do you understand the athleticism I always equate this to a diving catch in Major League Baseball. A diving catch is fucking hard to do at any level. However, every Major League Baseball outfielder can make a diving catch. Yes. yes. So it's not. They may not always complete it,
1: but like they can physically accomplish it.
0: Yeah. So when Aaron Judge makes the same diving catch that. Michael A. Taylor does it. Yeah, they should. That's, that's the requirement of getting in the door. And so now when you're saying Rio does a, a dive from the top rope. Yeah. I saw that at the local indie show, they all can do that. You know what I mean? Now, if you're saying, in fact,
1: they overdid it at the local indie show. Yeah.
0: But if you're saying her charisma now, that's just something that maybe I'm missing. If you're saying she's so like subjective. Yeah, and that's subjective. So if that's your reasoning, okay, but that's just not what we're seeing. Anyhow, she loses. <laughs> Jamie Hader wins. And after the match, Tony now, Storms... Now, Jamie music. Hader. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but Tony Storms' music hits, and she comes out, and again, because we give the women a blink of an eye amount of time, she holds the title up, and now well, it looks like it's going to be Tony Storm and Jamie Hader, Which, by the way... Why was Tony Storm dressed so provocative <laughs> walking out there? But, yeah, look, why man. were you in ring gear? You're not, you don't have a match tonight. Or just put some
1: more clothes on. It was. It was. But that's the thing is like, okay, that was wrestling gear. You weren't in a wrestling match tonight. Now, I, I guess I, it's not too far from a stretch to say like somebody's in gear like, hey, if you need me tonight, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Right. But the champ yeah. generally isn't right. The champ isn't showing up like ready to fight who you got tonight yeah. <laughs> it's just i don't know, i guess sometimes they are right open challenges well
0: i just thought she was dressed a little bit too provocative for this old prude on this side of the camera because i was like what, what's a shirt on christine
1: lady you fucking dived off the yeah. of tables in local kansas city bars we don't need to hear your
0: <laughs> Do you know what i'm saying i'm 37 <laughs> now okay
1: i'm sure you have pulled your ass out in many public establishments in the
0: kansas city metropolitan area oh across and this might whole still country. we got a yeah, fucking weekend coming up yeah I'm across this whole country atlanta <laughs> new york chicago houston, everywhere. Yeah, houston uh but we don't need to talk about that what we do need to talk about is the next thing that a town stands for ass you know what i'm saying all right <laughs> i lived there for a while uh we do need to talk about the next segment because i thought this was interesting hmm Renee Paquette is backstage <laughs> doing an interview, but this time it doesn't get interrupted. Because she's what? interviewing Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Kingston says, or hold on, let me back up. Renee Paquette says, Hey, last week, are you okay? Your whole group of friends did a pseudo intervention. How do you feel about that? And Eddie does like a ventriloquist, like I'm doing fine. And does this fake smile as he essentially says, Hey, leave me alone. That was fine. That was cool. My two best friends are wrestling tonight. I can't wait to watch it. But the thing I want you all to leave with is to leave me alone after this interview. So what do you make of this Eddie Kingston existential crisis or what's going on?
1: I kind of I picked up on the fact that he mentioned his two best friends because I felt like he kind of almost did it in a bit of a like I'm I'm a little I'm salty towards them right now and maybe that's what plays into something later that we'll discuss um, later in the show of course but Mm -hmm. I just yeah I kind of got that feeling of like it's that it's the person who got an intervention but was nowhere near ready to hear that.
0: And so if we recall from that segment from Rampage, because we typically don't do a segment by segment breakdown of Rampage, but if we recall from that segment, it was an intervention. There was Santana, uh, no, excuse me. There was Ortiz, uh, I believe Ruby Soho and Lucha Bros. And they're talking about how, hey, Eddie, it seems like you're losing your cool quicker than normal. But then Pac appears and Pac kind of gives him a side eye. And in no uncertain terms is essentially saying to him, "You a bitch? What are you doing?" And just walks off. Now Eddie Kingston goes to this interview and says, "Leave me alone." I'm curious to see. Not that he would get a disciple, but our Pac and Eddie Kingston becoming oh, best friends because God, they're a,
1: bastards. A Pac and Eddie Kingston fuck you up tag team might be just, some of the best shit I've ever seen on television.
0: Just the grumpiest. They could do a, a remake of grumpy old men, except for they're not old. And it's just, Oh, Kingston we need a segment of
1: Eddie Kingston and POC arriving that day to prepare for this episode of dynamite and everything's going wrong. Security yep. won't let him in yep. Car had a flat tire on the way. Mm-hmm. The hey, stickers they asked wrong. for on their writer. Aren't in the, yep. in the thing. The the water is lukewarm and not slightly chilled like asked for. Uh, Bobby's not no, made. Can't get the game on the TV. Right, like everything's going wrong to where they're just like, I'm gonna fucking stab somebody in the neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just mad oh, hey, that everybody's like, chill, yeah. guy. And they're like, you
0: fucking tell me to chill tonight. I'm kicking your ass. Yeah, and then they go, Hey, Eddie, uh, opponent change. Uh, you know, oh, Sammy Guevara didn't show up this week. He's he like, God damn it, you know, I trained all fucking day for him. Now I got to fight fucking. You know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Private party number two. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you should have them fight each other, right? Grumpy off, like a. Oh a yeah, because off. they're
1: just so grumpy. But I even like the idea of like, they're so grumpy they hate each other, but they just fight and they're like, are you fucking done? Fuck, can we move on? <laughs> right? And they're still, they just still go on hating each other, but like tag teaming together.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> like, this- listen, I hate
1: everything, but if I if I could trust one thing, is that he fucking hates everything too. So like, <laughs> we're gonna fucking go at. It.
0: yeah i just with eddie kingston i've raved about everything he's done in AEW because nothing feels like a reset or a okay and now this program is with this everything rolls into the next thing with eddie kingston it is a it is a fluid storytelling with his character so this part is very interesting because there is no in ring hey someone interrupted your match or you know you were walking back after you lost the match and someone was doing a promo and they looked at you sideways. So now we're going after CM Punk. None of that. This is a, my friends are telling me that I'm a psychotic asshole. So do I double down or do I say I need help? That's interesting to me. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what we do next with that.
1: More Eddie Kingston on my TV for one.
0: Look for every minute that Jericho gets, we need to double it with Eddie Kingston. And so like, Eddie Kingston, Miro, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs. Put those four instead of Jericho, and I'm fucking fine. Like J.S., those four, that's what I need. What we we get is the main event. So now it is the AEW World Championship match, a hot-shotted segment with Jon Moxley as your champion, taking on Pinta El Zero Miedo. And this is fun because... I like that, again, not fact-checking here, but I don't think I've ever seen John Moxley and Penta wrestle each other and we just get it for a championship. Huh? How much yes. fun is that? Yes, except
1: kind of what you alluded to earlier. If I'm your brother-in-law and I'm just tuning into this AW night because I like, I like that guy, Tom. I want to connect more with the guy, Tom. Let me watch mm-hmm. this thing. And I've been watching it for four weeks now. Mm-hmm. Or let's say let's say I decided this and and you've got me hooked now. I'm tuning in for I'm I'm fresh in AWS. John Moxley's for, your guy for, for five months now. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why does El Zero Miano get a a title shot here? What singles well, match have we even seen him in in the last five months, right? I get what he said, like I want somebody with no fear, and then, well, somebody with no fear, but like I just you know, it's one of those. It was like, I, I, and and I like it too, right? Like I, I've said this, where like, hey, we just might get a random match between people that we didn't even think of. But it just felt like it. It, I guess we've always said the champion can, at any moment, say, putting it on the line against you, fucking like you guy. But I still think I'm going to kick your ass. So, mm-hmm. and John Moxley is that guy. He's like whoever, yeah. fucking. Ready, that is his character. Put seven yeah. of you. I don't give a shit so i just don't remember how we got there did penta say well i'm the guy with no fear or did he say like yeah just so yeah, all
0: right. this is again where we need to utilize our tv time i think better because it was a youtube exclusive i believe but john moxley's backstage doing an interview where he's like hey I- i'm the champ and i i need to stay active so i need someone that's going to push me to the limit i need someone with no fear and then pinta shows him was like hey what's up and then they fight
1: so and that's that we we will deride wwe about a lot of things but what they do right is and i know people have said this all the time is like you keep telling me what you did last week like i get it i watched last week yeah well you watched last week but like our ratings fluctuate so not everybody watches every fucking week and mm-hmm. And they're going to tune in longer if we remind them of what – or show them what happened so they understand that, like, they don't have to watch every week, right? And so some of that kind of catch up because that takes 20 seconds, right? That little segment that you told me there probably happened just as fast as it took you to tell me.
0: I think that's how we should have kicked off the show. I think that would have been a better button, you know, start to finish of the episode is if Moxley comes to the ring and just says – Open challenge. I need to fight someone. Penta says, "Check me out." And then the tonight—that's our main event.
1: I don't even hate what TNA used to do of the like last week on AEW Dynamite, right? Oh yeah, of a rundown because even if this were a real, as we discussed, let's jump into the kayfabe world. We're just tuning on. This is all real. It's not fake. It's not pre-scripted. We're watching a professional fighting organization. If it was this zany. They would probably do that too, right? Like the NFL goes, oh, last week the Chiefs lost to the Bills at whatever, right? So now they're playing fuck like, the are Bills. they going to rebound? Yeah, fuck the Bills. But you know what I mean? Like they're going to like, you know what I mean? They're going to be like, are they going to come back and pound the ever-loving shit out of the 49ers? They did. Well, you know what I mean? They, they kind of run back a, hey, here's what's happened up to this point. So a little That's more true. of that, right? I, I yeah. don't hate that at all. Because, oh. look, I mean, a theme song's cool, but I'd prefer that over a theme song, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at every NFL broadcast. The NBC broadcast last season was Al Michaels telling you about yeah. uh, the two teams going into the, tonight's game. And then Chris Collinsworth became famous for like sliding in. And it's like, this is my analysis of the two teams. So, yeah, do something like that. We watch every week.
1: And we talk about it the next day. And we have a podcast. And I cut this audio up and, and show these videos onto the YouTube and do all kinds of shit. I still forget what happened last week sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might need a little like, hey, remember when this guy punched the other
0: guy in the face and go, oh, yeah. You know what could help AEW? Is remember back in the 90s? This was way more prevalent during the Attitude Era than what I can recall now. I
1: don't remember much about the 90s, but yeah.
0: <laughs> but do you recall when WWE would do a, you know, uh, rewind power slam presented by, you know, 1-800-COLLECT? Yes. And it would just yes. be that quick thing. And then we get it that they may need some like, presented math. by the
1: Spanish announce table. What up? Hit us up. I Tony. got A dollar. Yeah. Tony, I got a dollar. Hey, if people give us a tootsie roll, I'll send you that. Yeah.
0: And Hey, uh, I got ideas anyhow. Um, so yeah, we get MJF Pinta. My favorite thing from this match is, and I said this again on our Twitter and I stand by it. 100% we need Pinta in a different hat every week. Penta and hats is my favorite thing.
1: Yeah. AMW. Penta and hats.
0: Because <laughs> he does a little bit of, um. oh, who's the guy in WCW with the chairs, the luchador that always had the chairs. La parka He has a little bit of La Parca when he puts the hat on. He's like, ah, look at this. I'm styling. I don't know whose hat he had. He grabbed it from the crowd, but he put it on. But if you recall, the greatest moment in AEW television history was the St. Patrick's Day Slam and Pinta put on the leprechaun hat. That's the best moment in yeah. wrestling history. And so we need more of it.
1: I think. That was better than but, Michael's Undertaker. It was better than best. Ric Flair retirement. It was
0: better than any Lights Out. Hogan Slam and Andre. MJF promos. Yeah, it's Pinta in the leprechaun hat. I think we just need to have Pinta. You don't even need to feature him, right? Let's just say He's we walk around the back. Britt Baker and Soraya get into it again. And they're blah, 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 And he just walks with a cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> that's this week. He's got a train hat.
1: conductor hat on one day for some reason. <laughs> that's
0: what I want. Yeah. Pinta in a hat. It's my favorite thing. Oh, man. So that's great. That's great. So um, I will say this, though. I'm getting more into Pinta's career because I'm taking an interest in him. Uh, as noted by um, his action figure. I got right there. Look at that. Uh, But I saw his match where it was mask versus mask in triple a that Penta and this Penta are two different guys. That Penta in triple a is this world beater destroyer of worlds. Like he's still Penta, but like, his offense is more meaningful when he does an impactful move. It fucking kills you here. He's doing his package pile drivers and Moxley kicks, kicks out of two. Now I get Moxley's your champion, but we need to, I mean, did you see, have you seen the photo from Penta at AAA where yeah, he's covered in blood? And he's holding the mask. Mm-hmm. Like That's the Penta yes. we need a little bit more of because that motherfucker is who we love Oh
1: yeah don't get me wrong I I, Penta is is a person that I wouldn't mind seeing in the world title picture I wouldn't hate seeing there especially as it were we shit on this Abraham Alba whatever his fucking name is uh he's great in this role I've come to like this guy a lot if you have mm-hmm. Penta just with him, even if Ray Phoenix is off for a while or something, I think Penta could be a world title-level guy. Wow. I think he's and that think charismatic he- in the ring and is and is unique enough and just has. Like you said, even though he has a unique thing in Penta, it's blossomed into this Penta El Cerro Miedo, Penta Oscuro, Penta... Uh, what was the first thing he was? It was Penta... Pentagon Jr., right? I think yeah, is what yeah. they called him when he first... Mm-hmm. Showed, yeah, like yes more pinta if we dug into it and really did a deep dive on it i wouldn't hate it's just this that we got it was just kind of like well, why did he get why like why wasn't there again if this was a real fighting organization why isn't christian going hey
0: luchasaurus deserves that fuck you right. yeah i will say with pinta as your heavyweight champion in the history of AEW, eventually you're going to get a non-white dude <laughs> and are you? I well hopefully. And I think the first luchador who should be champion is an AW original in Penta. I think that should be something that happens sooner rather than later. But all of that to say, it was a good match. Moxley wins after the match. John Moxley is attacked by the firm. Security comes out. They go to a backstage shot. Uh Alex Marvez doesn't know how to break a lock, apparently, or doesn't have bolt cutter, whatever. He's always just helpless peeing on himself. And Blackpool Combat Club is stuck in their locker room. They got bolted in, right? And so then, ah, the firm's going to keep kicking his ass. Earlier in the night, Eddie Kingston said, leave me alone, which kind of meant I'm leaving you alone too, maybe. I don't know. Kind of, You would have thought Eddie Kingston would have ran out to kick someone's ass, but he didn't.
1: Well, unless, like, what I said, where he kind of said where he mentioned his best friends because he was kind of like,
0: I don't like what they said, bitch.
1: To I, ain't, I, ain't, yeah, yeah, right. Like, we got problems now.
0: Mm-hmm. So, this all leads to MJF coming out and he looks conflicted. Ah, oh, what do I do? I need him at 100% because I want to do it the right way, but it's fun to kick his ass. What do I do? Ah, I got to do the right thing. So, he runs in, looks at Stokely Hathaway. He's like, I told you. So he's like, what are you talking about? Come on. And then MJF says, you're fired. And we get the ass beating that we have not seen MJF take in AEW history. W Morrissey hits him with the big boot. Ethan page does the razor's edge or whatever he calls it. Boom. He throws him though. Like Scott Hall would go down with you. Ethan page says, touch the lights and boom, come down. Like that's scary shit. Uh, The ass boys beat him up. Uh, Cisco jumps from the top rope and hits his move. Uh, I don't know his name. What's his name? Lee something. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Cisco. Lee Cisco.
0: Lee Cisco. Uh, And then Morrissey then choke slams MJF through the table. And that's how we leave you. So I have to ask, as I mentioned, I took away that the promo was a cosplayer of a baby face. However, yep so mjf has said when he came back the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing you that he never existed however that was a boss <laughs> you know what i mean it wasn't like when chris jericho turned on the inner circle and he was just doing like the kind of half kicks and then they came in and he turned on Santana and Ortiz. Like that one made sense because those kind of didn't look like real kicks, right? This was throwing you up, slamming you down. So what do you think? We getting a swerve or we getting a baby <coughs> Yeah, face I turn? don't know.
1: Could this all be a ruse to make Moxley feel like uh MJF's got nobody now? And then and then he thinks uh this this crew's coming out to fuck with MJF and no, they're out to fuck with him. Maybe. I mean, MJF is always that character where just what you think isn't possible might happen, I, but I don't get the feeling we're going with that, but I also, if we're not, what the fuck does that mean then, <laughs> right? Because again, isn't Moxley the biggest face in the company mm-hmm. or is MJF? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what to do, make of this, which is
0: kind of fun, but it's also kind of confusing. I agree. Breaking kayfabe for a quick second. If you paid attention to the dirt sheets or you listened to Moxley outside of AW television, he told you, hey, after that punk match at all out, I was supposed to get a vacation. So. I'm sorry, right, that was supposed for, to be his last day. He said, yeah, for like six weeks, right? So I believe after full gear, Moxley's going to get that vacation because God damn it, I deserve the vacation, of course. Which would then leave who's your top baby face. Insert MJF. As I said, with the pencil in my hand, if you have the elite, cost John Moxley the title. You could have the elite go after Claudio, Yuda and Danielson while Moxley recovers from injuries and kayfabe, right? Recovers from injuries. You still have three on three, Yuda, Danielson, Claudio, the elite, right? There you go. And then when Yuda isn't holding up his end of the bargain, John Moxley comes back and we're going to do the three BCC guys versus the elite, right? There you go. And then right here, you have your ready-made first, title contender for MJF. MJF is a baby face. He did it the right way, at least to what he thought, right? Because he did cheat, right? If the elite cost Moxley the championship, that's not on MJF. He didn't cheat.
1: I just took an opportunity when it presented I did it itself. the right
0: way. I did, it, I did it the way that's honorable. For Anybody
1: me. would have pinned the guy if somebody just beat them up, win
0: the championship. And so you have MJF win the championship. Hey, I did it the right way. I earned this. You can't take it away from me. Your first title contender is w morrissey big tall guy versus mjf mjf can make fun of enzo and all of the stuff he still cuts him down all that fun stuff and that what would i would do would right so and what i would do that i think is interesting with the mjf character is you have him as the baby face right so he's making fun of morrissey hey uh, you're seven foot you can't teach anything because you're you know mentally challenged or whatever he says all the stuff right But as he goes through people, right? So it's Morrissey. Then let's just say for fun, it's Ethan Page. Then we transition out to Lance Archer, right? Like Hangman did it right. So we're going to all this, but as he's winning, it's becoming slimmer and slimmer. Each time he wins, it becomes a little bit closer to where he's like, and you start to see the, Hey motherfuckers, I'm the devil. And he goes back to being a heel while staying champion. That's what yeah. I would like to see. Is the- Yeah,
1: which is which has been done a few times in wrestling history, but it, it is a difficult thing to pull off of a, a heel turn while champion, right? Like any kind of turn, heel or face turn champion, but even this heel turn as champion is, is difficult. But I think MJF is primed to be a guy to do that.
0: You know who the last person that I can remember that did that? It was a Raw anniversary show. The Rock comes out mm. to help as Big Show and Kane are taking out John Cena and champion CM Punk for them. The Rock to do his people's elbow and CM Punk hits him with a clothesline. Mm. That's all to say my prediction, you fucking marks, is that... By the time MJF loses the championship, it's going to be to one C M punk. He's coming Ugh. back after he's injured. He's going to, I think he's coming in as a heel. I think we're going to do the heel turn and then right as MJF, you know, is going to do the right thing. Lights go out, go to sleep. We're running tony khan is not missing out on the goddamn effort he put into writing that storyline and he's going to get that one whether he's a rich kid that's always gotten his way so he's going to make his toys do what he wants and he's going to bring cm punk back and cm punk and mjf are going to run this back because that's what he wants i mean I just me. the,
1: the the behind the scenes pulling the curtain back thing is that cm punk is nearly impossible to fucking deal with so but maybe you know what doesn't happen. you know
0: what's better. You know, it's better than that money beating WWE having the fucking I pulled this off. Triple H couldn't Vince McMahon couldn't Tony Khan is a petty motherfucker. I like him. He's a weird guy. He's always been a rich kid, but he's petty. And he's, he talks about, you know, he's petty when he talks about how he wants to win Dave Meltzer's promoter of the year. No one fucking cares about these made-up things.
1: One of the best lines you've ever said in this podcast is, Tony Khan's a petty motherfucker. I like him.
0: (laughs) I do. I do. But he's petty. He is a petty motherfucker. And so he's going to make his toys, these wrestlers, do what he wants. And I told you this offline. The biggest match in IWC currently that you can make is Kenny Omega Versus CM Punk, and by God, Tony Khan's gonna make that happen. Outside of even
1: that happening, one of the best stories of ever. If we can, if we can refocus it back in, was it's all centered around this devil idea. I'm the devil. I'm the devil. I'm a snake. I'm whatever. Right? He used CM Punk's words against him. Well, then it would only be true that CM Punk would be like, no, I'm the devil. You're the apprentice. Not you.
0: Yeah. You're the prince. I am the devil. And that's why it comes back as the heel. Cause one, we hate him, right? He's going to be booed. He might get cheered the first time. Cause we always love to cheer, whatever the fuck it is. Right. Well, but then the next time are, again. Yeah. But then the next time he's getting booed. And so you bring him Bunch in. You guys a heel with weird right
1: tattoos. Off. That'll just love seeing punk. No matter what he does. Of course.
0: That's yeah. Death taxes and weirdos. That's if somebody
1: all- right now, today, is is on a tick tock or talking to you and they're like no no cm punk was in the right or whatever ask them to show you their tattoos because they're gonna have some weird tattoos guaranteed 110 10 times out of nine ten times out of nine
0: <laughs> so i that's my prediction i because again he is what's being reported and there was a picture where he was in a brace of his arm that he tore a bicep or tricep of his arm so that's going to take time. And as you know, the fr- the phrase is, time heals all wounds. And as they're fighting to get the Triple H-led WWE back into their, you know, uh, range to where maybe they could do it, the thing that's going to take them over to the top is that fucking heel bastard that every... Because that's the other part of CM Punk that we haven't got yet, is... The best CM Punk ever in any promotion, Ring of Honor, WWE, whatever it is, is the heel.
1: The heel asshole. Mm -hmm.
0: We don't want to see Play the Hits, Love You Tour. That's done. You bring him back as who he is, and you're making
1: money. Give me more straight-edge society CM Punk than I'm happy to be back CM Punk, and it's a lot better television.
0: And I think, if we're being honest... And maybe this is just my feelings alone. But that's the reason why ratings didn't skyrocket after CM Punk debuted. Is it was an initial shock, awesome. But, but it wasn't about, really CM Punk. But it after wasn't the about CM three, Punk
1: character that we knew.
0: Yeah. After about three weeks, it was the I want the love tour. And he just went around getting all the applause. But that ain't what we came to see. That's not what we signed up for when we said we want CM Punk to come back. CM Punk fucking over MJF is what has to happen.
1: People, yeah, people called him the voice of the voiceless, right? They wanted like they wanted that, and we got everybody clap for this.
0: Hey guys, I'm happy. No one fucking cares. Now to me,
1: it was just because he was never really actually the voice of the voices. I I think the Triple H promo. At the end of the CM Punk and WWE era where he lit into him was one of the most honest promos we've ever heard in our lives where he's like, you didn't give a shit about this. You're not the voice of like you. The only change you wanted was your name at the fucking card, which means you're just like everybody you fucking complained about. Mm-hmm. I, look, we dog on Triple H for some of his things. And we tell people like, hey, listen, like, don't don't over inflate. Like, you don't got to blow smoke up his ass. But he was right in that moment. And he fucking laid it in. Um, but that's what we want to see. We want to see that disillusional guy who thinks he's better than everybody else, but he's not. <laughs> but you can't tell him that. And that's not what exactly. we were getting. I mean, until we got it in real life and then it was Right. Much, until we got right? it when we
0: couldn't see it. We, yeah. we got it in, in folklore and legend where it was this fight where a dog lost his teeth or something and we didn't see anything. You know what I mean?
1: Best goddamn matches in wrestling happen behind the camera, man. I'll tell you what. That's what I show.
0: Yeah, so that's what I door. Mark it down. CM Punk, after injury, comes back. Now, here's the part that I don't know. As I mentioned, I think the match to make that gets all, all IWC up in a frenzy is Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. However, CM Punk's body has proven not to be reliable for two big matches in a row. So we might get through the MJF thing and then he might legitimately have to be like, guys, the doctors say, I'm fucked. I can't
1: do this anymore. It couldn't be any better if he wins the title third time and then immediately has to
0: fucking (laughs) give it up. He's the only guy that, at least in my memory, has never defended the championship because that was a title versus title. That wasn't a defending of a championship. Uh, So yeah, he's won the title twice and never defended it. Isn't that great?
1: <laughs> it's fun.
0: All right, yeah, dynamite was good. I mean, again, I
1: thought, yeah, there's was, there was a few good us, spots. It was just it gets you us know. to the next week. Right. I think that's right. Um look, we don't have a we're running out of time here, so we'll speed this up and we'll go directly to tweet the tables because this will kind of encompass our WWE discussion for the week. And we've got at Katie First Lady who says, Who would have thought that both Rey Mysterio and the Rocks kids? Would have been so emo. Hashtag tweet the table. So, yeah, we got Ava. Ava Rain. Ava
0: Rain. Which made, <laughs> I will say this, it made mainstream attention. Yes. TMZ's talking about it. USA Today is talking about it. I just so, hate the, I know when we
1: say, well, I didn't want to use my famous pro wrestling heritage family's name, right, whatever it is, because I wanted to make a name for myself. So it's not, you know, Sarah Johnson, whatever her name is, right? It's Mm -hmm. not The Rock's Daughter. It's Ava Rain. But if we go, it's Ava Rain, The Rock's Daughter, well, then we just did that. So why don't we just say it's The Rock's Daughter? You know what I mean? Like The Rock's Daughter wouldn't be named... With the last name of the rain.
0: The only thing I will give them the benefit of the doubt on. And I don't know anything about that segment. Like I saw it, but it looks like it's a cult, right? It is like a weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Schism. is what they call it. Okay.
0: So Joe Gacy, who was awesome in evolve. I love. He's good here too yeah is he okay i don't yeah I've i mean he's the him. same
1: kind of shtick where he's like well with this shtick he's he's a cult leader crazy and i mean he, you know okay he's good at what he does so he's pulling it off well
0: hold on pause we've got another cult in wwe i mean yeah this is more this is more of
1: your like koresh type cults where it's like gaslighting into doing my dirty work but you think it's for some kind of weird good cause kind of thing from the again correct me if i'm wrong we don't fact check i don't watch nxt week in and week out but i've tuned in a couple times over the last several weeks and that's the feel i get from this and he's you know it's one of those like it's schism right the schism is out to get you i don't even fucking it's so but this is what we're going to talk about because katie said uh, who would have thought they're so emo, right? Because that's what she's in. She's in this cult, it's emo group. And yeah, Ray Mysterio's Dominic, he's in The Judgment Day, and he's emo. This is kind of what we've warned you about Triple H. We called it spooky or leather and stuff, but uh, you could roll all of that into emo, right? Karrion Cross, mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt. We've got Nikki Cross coming back as crazy Nikki Cross. It mm-hmm. may not be... Chains and leather, Sanity. crazy Nikki Cross, but yeah. it's it's a little Adjacent. something's not right, right? right. Uh, hey, look, fuck all these. Emo- By the way, every emo person is, I think, they want to be <laughs> what Randy you. Orton. Yeah, I know. They want to be what Randy Orton is, right? Like little bit dark, little bit mysterious, probably like some snakes, right? We've heard that about Randy Orton, like. Mm-hmm but he's charismatic and cool and thereby you're kind of drawn to the like the what's the mysterious parts right like you're so cool like right like what you're into snakes that's weird right but but when you're not six foot fucking 14 like randy orton and look Mm -hmm. like a fucking statue uh it's it the snakes and the sad broodingness is not cool right it it, he makes it cool because he's randy orton you, you make a, it weird because yeah. you fucking hang out onto the steps with the other dorks and you dye your well, hair you, purple.
0: Yeah. Randy Orton <laughs> gets it to where people are doing, uh, op-eds on him in like the New York times. When you do it, you're getting the cops called on you for domestic disturbance. You got real scared
1: when I was about to categorize every email person. You're here? This
0: is Tim <laughs> saying oh, this, this. This is, is not me. Him. Uh, but here's what I'll say: is yes, yes, right? The Karrion Cross, um, who's who's uh, feuding with uh, Ms. Who's the guy? Oh, Dexter, uh, Dexter Loomis. Loomis. Yeah. So you got Karrion Cross, Dexter Loomis, Bray Wyatt, Joe Gacy, Vicky Cross, and this is what I will say. And maybe I'm an apologist for AEW. Whatever. I like it, it's my favorite show. But we love to say what's with all these factions in AEW? well i'll tell you this it's more believable for me to think that wrestlers have friends than that everyone's a fucking cult leader like yes. of the two things i'm gonna pick wrestlers have friends friends versus Waco, leading Texas.
1: a strange cult yeah and yeah I, like i just yeah i i do want to give credit to WWE in this in in kind of what we derided folks earlier with the Bray Wyatt situation and what we hope does not happen with the young bugs all eat thing is we got Johnny Gargano in the miss saying Johnny Gargano's back saying like hey all you got to do is do the thing and miss is like all right god it you said that but like what is it what is it you think you know and he's like hey, I don't think I know you know what it is you know what it is and then he's like no like tell me Later, whatever happens, Candace LeRae gets injured by damage control. So Miz gives him a card. He's like, hey, he's like trying to buddy buddy up to him now, right? Like, tell me what you know, right? And he's like, sorry, we saw what happened. Maurice and I got you, got this get well card for, for Candace. Like, sorry, buddy, you know? and he's like all right and he's like maybe we can talk this out later and he's like it's not going to work miss you just got to be honest he opens the card and he's like it's fucking empty he's like you you didn't even fucking sign it he's like you're rich put money in this fucking <laughs> like like you know and he's like listen if you don't fucking tell the truth i'm telling the truth next week right this is how you do it right we got one week saying tell the truth and he's like fuck you what's the truth next week he's like fuck you what's the truth he's like you know what the truth is no i don't all right well then fuck you i'm telling it next week right we got one thing one week we got the next thing next week. Next week, I'm assuming we're getting the fucking truth, right? Like, so I want to commend them for that, right? Yeah. I want to shit on them all I'll, times.
0: But. I will I will uh, play devil's advocate here and say, uh, you know who's not saying these things? Mm. Dexter Loomis. Dexter
1: Loomis, yeah. That's the problem with this Dexter Loomis character. I, I like the whatever, but it almost feels like the Dexter Loomis character should be used by somebody yeah to if Johnny them. Gargano
0: is gonna say this is my buddy he doesn't talk okay right then you got like a uh, you could even go comedy and do like a Jay and Silent Bob kind of thing right 100%. but we had five weeks six weeks of this guy fucking breaking into Miz's house where he has well, kids you hear me out. And You've got spooky carrying cross so
1: maybe he's got spooky Dexter Loomis taking people out for him on the side right like, yeah. like kind of what you said not everybody's a cult leader, but like Dexter Loomis feels like a guy who would be in a cult, right? Yeah. Like being led by a guy in a cult. So if you're going to have some cults, let's put him in a cult. Like it just, yeah, I will get you. It's not perfect, but I want but to, to commend back, them on that as an yeah. example of what we would like in these other storylines. The Bray Wyatt's. Yeah. Hopefully but to go back situation. to
0: the Rock's daughter, the reason why uh, I'm okay with Ava Rain is because if she's in a cult, it would make sense that she's like i don't like my name i'm not a johnson i'm not the rock's daughter i'm ava rain you know and does that shit yeah what I, I you
1: know what i mean don't think we've gotten in pro wrestling history and this is not a great outlook for ava rain daughter of the rock is what we have gotten is we'll get somebody who's charismatic who's a who's a, a star ala rocky johnson whose kid becomes one of the biggest fucking stars we've ever seen, right? We've gotten mm-hmm. that with some second-generation, third-generation folks, whatever. But what Orton. we've never got is, like, Shawn Michaels' kid also became one of the top five wrestlers ever in history, right? Stuff like that oftentimes yeah. skips a generation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just isn't... I, yeah, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot of hopes that this Ava Reign is suddenly going to be, like, bigger than charlotte in the that's in the
0: what windows. i was thinking Does of, that make sense now there's yeah, a whole rick lot of time flair, to tell but yeah rick flair and charlotte would be the example of what you're trying to replicate but usually it's and i like yeah, but Rocky even at Johnson. that
1: i would tell you that charlotte didn't reach the levels of Well, stardom that Ric Flair did, but nobody has, maybe, outside of five people, maybe.
0: Yeah, well, but also because media has changed and not everyone has Channel Four, and that's it, so it's even harder to break through everything because someone famous to me you may not even know about because it's in my world, and we break off into 10,000 fragments. But anyhow, what I was going to say is usually what happens is it's mid-card talent and i like rocky johnson but let's all be honest he was mid-card talent he wasn't main eventing wrestlemania's right but it's mid-card talent and then they have a kid and check them out it's the new uh cowboy bob orton was a mid-card talent exactly. and then randy orton was the fucking shit rocky johnson was a mid-card talent and then the rock so it usually doesn't it works that way it doesn't go yeah Because like hear me out. I I mean I think
1: like we've got Dusty Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has gotten a main event talent, but nobody as of right now, if Cody Rhodes career ended, is thinking Cody Rhodes is a top 10 guy of all time. But people will miss Dusty Rhodes in that mm -hmm. in that vein.
0: And you would say uh Cody is just using Dusty's name. Like he's 100 percent Maybe here's a good argument. And we're getting off topic a little bit here. But I would say, I would argue, I would argue, not to the same levels, but just as over, uh, Dusty roads, Gold Dust. Gold Dust got over sure. fucking huge. But it, yeah. that's just a, that, right. that's but an outline. You outlier. know what I'm saying? Like,
1: that's yeah. where I'm like, I'm like, great. I mean, Ava Johnson would probably give us some good stuff. She's got good pedigree, obviously. Ava Rain. Sorry, what did I say? Johnson. Oh, yeah. Ava Rain. Right. It's Simone Johnson. Ava Rain. Um, I believe it's Simone John. I don't know, fact check. Fuck, you look it up, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's just, it's that, right? Like, I, I'm like, great, this will be fine, but I'm not expecting The Rock out of Ava Rain, which is only fair, right? Like, it's unfair to hold somebody to those expectations, but that's gonna be the comparison people make for the rest of their career, and I think that's where you get sort of this they don't measure up because I like you
0: kind of see it live with Cody Rhodes maybe they're trying too hard to be that well yes and i would say again using the gold dust uh playbook is if you want to get over and not be the son or daughter of famous person you've got to do a complete 180. you can't be adjacent to your father or mother you have to do gold dust trying to kiss razor Ramon, right? That was nothing like dusty Rhodes, and that got him over. So hopefully maybe that's what they're thinking is Ava rain's going to drink the blood of Bailey or something. I don't know, but like she can't try to do the eyebrow and the stuff. Cause then it'll never work. She's just a, you yeah. know, I mean, at some point you may be able to do own. that
1: as a fun gimmick, right? Like, but as like an offshoot for a side, comedy oh thing, it ha- right? yeah 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 the
0: only time she could ever do that is like she comes
1: out with some the, sideburns and some fucking like sweatpants
0: at the end of a segment with her biggest rival as they both walk off from an interview she gives the eyebrow and then that's it like okay yeah. but that yeah right anyhow
1: yeah
0: wwe's boring I think that's yeah that's kind of
1: where I felt this week too I was like I hey, know there wasn't much to talk about so I'm glad Katie brought up the few things maybe that were worth talking about and we encourage you to do the same by using hashtag tweet the table and unless Tom is about to interrupt me with any more WWE topics I think no. we'll leave it there and remind you before you come back to episode 407 of the Spanish announce table our advice to you is just stop being emo the
0: Spanish announce table